Talk radio? Yes, talk radio. So boring, man. Okay. Off the bench, here comes Austin Matthews, centering Hunwick through the puck in front, they score! Kapanen gets his first National Hockey League goal tie game! First goal, first point in the NHL. What timing. It's 3-3. There are moments in your life you always remember, and none will be more than that for Kapanen here. He stays in on the puck, but watch how he kicks to a soft area. The very last day of August, the 31st of 2020, it's the Laced Up Hockey Podcast, back with more lacing. I'm James Cole. You're still James Cole? Yeah. I'm Bruce Taglia from the north side. Um, This is the 88th episode of the podcast. This is the Eric Lindros edition, the David Pasternak edition, Nate Schmidt Willie Nylander. Willie Nylander. Sorry, God. Um, wow, 88 of these stupid things, eh? That's right. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, the... Fucking the... You good? Yeah. You know, it's just the... The current landscape of, of, of the world, right? It's... It's, it's been a... It's been a really tough year for a lot of reasons and um, a lot of things we got to talk about mm-hmm. and we've, we've talked about some of these things before we've talked about how we're going to be talking about them again and here we are mm-hmm. um, but important stuff um, I, I think we've kind of addressed in the past that we uh we're maybe not the ones best suited to discuss these these topics, but they need to be discussed, and, and that's what's most important, is, is getting the message out there. And uh, we're going to do just that. So, for anybody that doesn't like their sports dipping into their politics, you could probably just skip ahead to episode 89, because um, we got some things to discuss. Uh Sports. Or just don't listen to us anymore. Yeah, it's fine. That's, I don't, that's you don't need to listen to 89 yeah. either. I uh, don't care. It's it's a it's a politically charged atmosphere that, that the the whole world finds itself in. And this isn't this isn't a sports versus everybody else type of type of narrative. It's 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 the reality of, of the world and and uh, anyway, all the sporting leagues uh, in North America um, have in some degree shut down uh, their their games uh, this past week. Um, I believe I, I believe most have, have picked it back up. They've, this past weekend, they've they began uh, wh- whatever they were. I know, like soccer, for example, they're in, in the season, and and you know, all well, sports like the N- NBA and, and hockey's in uh, in in the playoffs, obviously. So, uh, but I, I think we're back running uh, across all fronts. But there were were a few days there where 
we we weren't sure if we if we'd get there. We did we didn't know if this was going to be the end of the return to play stuff that we had seen in in pretty much all of, all of these leagues. Um, uh, because of the COVID situation, obviously that that was a big uh, uncertainty. And, and right when we get the the wheels turning again, uh, or so it seemed, um, the players took uh, took action. And uh, primarily, primarily in the NBA, they 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 really drilled the the point home and and uh, were very vocal and 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 public in their statements about uh, the. The treatment of black people in the United States and, and, and across the world to a lesser extent. Uh, I, I know we, we mentioned last time that this this is a global issue. It affects everyone. Uh, racism is not defined by one one country, but I think we all turn on our, our TVs at some point or go on our social media and then we can see where the majority of today's issues are taking place. And It's, it's right there in front of you and and uh, these players decided that they'd had enough, and um, they didn't play. They sat out uh, in the NBA. They sat out Wednesday. They sat out Thursday. They sat out Friday. And uh, something that I didn't think we'd we'd ever see in our in our lifetime to to a degree. Um, players have stri- uh, gone on strike in the past across various leagues, um, but. This was always kind of a a scenario that I, I didn't really think would come together as as quickly as it seemed to to do so in the NBA. Um, a defining moment, I'll, I'll say, in, in probably my, my lifetime. Um, and uh, I'm hoping some good came from it. Um, I know a lot of people just want to turn a blind eye. Okay. That's fine. I'll, I'll check back in on Saturday when you guys uh, decide you're going to play sports again. But I'm, I'm hoping there was some change here. Do you, do you think that there's there's a, a case be made that this is going to have any sort of impact on the, the grander scheme of, of what's going on? I mean, here's my problem with it is we talk about this every fucking time. Like, is this going to be the moment when anything changes and then nothing ever fucking changes? <laughs> And that's the problem I have with it is is it's just like, you know, it's all well and good, but what the fuck is anyone actually going to do about it? Because now that the games are going again, you wouldn't even be able to tell that they stopped, that anything happened. Mm-hmm. Like, this is so far in the fucking past, and it was only two days ago mm-hmm. that, they, that we were sitting out. Like, everyone's already done talking about it. It's, it's fucking insane. So do I think anything's going to change? No, I don't. Because... The problem is, is, is these athletes, they mean well, but a lot of them have no idea what to actually do to affect change because we're not seeing it. And, you know, the idea, I, I, I think it's difficult to talk about the NHL specifically when it comes to this, when we're talking about how the sports leagues handled it, because the NHL didn't do anything. I I admire their effort, but, but it, it was terrible. The NBA were the the guys that led the charge. The thing with the NBA is that, you know, there are many reports to state that a lot of the guys wanted to cancel the season, but the majority of them did not. And I think the only way that this would have actually meant something is if they stopped. 
because to me this didn't do this didn't do anything and now we've set the precedent where every time this happens we have to take a day off but what is it for mm-hmm. like what's the day off for is to remember that someone got brutally murdered like what does the day off do what change are we affecting we're not all we're doing is delaying sports for a day mm-hmm. it just doesn't make any sense so what i think they should have done and it's easy for me to say but the way the change would have been affected is if they would have canceled the season otherwise it was a nice gesture but that's all it is to me the the canceling of of the season is not an easy thing to do it, well it's not an easy thing to do but i i i wonder if if these guys weren't in a bubble if it maybe is a little easier for them to walk away from this because they put a lot of time and effort and they you know sacrificed a lot to to get to where they are to play the games that they did play mm-hmm. to throw it all away like I, I I think you know putting the reason why you're throwing it away aside for a second that's tough to do that's tough to ask those guys to yeah. you know say Again. you know you sacrificed all this and, and we're gonna give it up but um, it's just like to me. And, you know, it doesn't make him better than everyone. But the fact that LeBron James, the the most competitive athlete that I have ever seen in my lifetime, in a split second was willing to say, yeah, fucking cancel it. Like, fuck it. This guy has everything to lose right now. This is a guy who is trying to be the greatest basketball player ever. And even though he's the most talented ever... He's never coming close to Jordan at this point because of the championships, because of everything, all the other narratives around him. He's the guy who finally has that ridiculously good team that probably is going to win the championship this year. And he immediately said, I don't give a fuck. What do I care? How is that more important than what's going on? And he's right. So that speaks volumes to me. I'm a little disappointed that the majority of the league didn't see it the same way. But I'm not saying that they're wrong to not do that either. Like, I'm not judging these guys for not doing it. But I think the opportunity was there. And I think the face of the game was willing to do it. And they didn't do it. And that that is... It's just disappointing. It's not sure. to say that it's the wrong thing either. I'm not saying that they should... That they definitely should have done it. But they had the opportunity to do so and it's kind of a shame that it didn't happen. Yeah, no, you hit it on the on the head right there because it's 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 really easy for everybody to to log on to their social media of choice and say, you know, you guys should have done this, you should have done this, you didn't do this, but you're right in the sense that nothing really Happened as a result. We 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 had the conversation, you know, like we had a couple of days there where you couldn't talk about sports. So maybe maybe we shifted the narrative for a couple of days. Um, but again, that's that's only if people are going to listen. Talking about the problems and addressing the problems um, <laughs> don't, you know, they don't result in change if if everybody just turns their TVs off and you know looks out their back door and decides they're going to do something else and instead of watching sports so it's tough I, I was happy I will say this uh, the one thing that that did get announced that was going to happen and I, I I do 
attribute this to the NBA and 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 their uh, their stance on the on the issue is that uh, NBA owners have announced that all the buildings are going to be uh, opened up mm-hmm. for uh, voting stations, mm-hmm. which is huge because like uh, there's a lot of talk about how there's a lot of people, uh, especially the black community, that's that's oppressed in this situation and and they can't get out to vote. So uh, opening up these these facilities to, to use in, in that capacity, I think that I think that's big. Um, is it going to change the problems? No, but it's it's something step in the right direction, yeah. and that's the thing. Like change isn't going to happen overnight, no matter what. Like if they would have canceled the season, that would have been a grander gesture for like everyone else to be like, "Holy fuck, okay!" Like you know what I mean? Like and then what I was hoping was going to happen was once they cancelled the season, all these players or at least the ones that think this way which I would assume is most of the NBA go out the next day and start trying to change things and start trying to be that positive force. And it's not on them to do that. That's insane to say that athletes need to do that. That's fucked. But that would have gone a long way, is all. And that's why I was hoping they would have cancelled it. So this move to to open up the buildings as polling situations is what I'm talking about when I'm saying that is a step forward. That is something that's actually going to help to affect change. That's what we need more of, is more of these steps forward, right? Because just because we do that, the work isn't done now. The, the NBA's work isn't done. Like, all their work isn't done. There's there's nothing I can do. Like, I don't have influence I can I can try I can I can post things on social media you can go to protests you can do all that but at the end of the day I'm a very little voice these guys have a massive platform and if they choose to do it it would go a long way yeah and it's great that they're doing this with the buildings it's it's fantastic and I'm I'm you know not belittling that either but a week from now we need something else too Mm-hmm. Like, we need to keep moving it forward. Mm-hmm. We can't just do one thing and be like, well, we did our part. You're up, MLB. Don't fucking wait on the MLB. They're a terrible fucking league. They're not going to do anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, one league I'm interested to see what happens, though, is the NFL. Um, rightly or wrongly, uh, you know, by by their own choice or not, they've kind of been given a... Uh, an easy stretch here for a bit. It's it's their off season. They haven't had to deal with the COVID thing yeah. too much. Now they're kind of on the back burner when it comes to all the social justice, uh, you know, movements because they're not playing. There's there, there's no there's nothing to cancel to a degree. So I'm, I'm I'm really curious to see what what they do when they come back if if they come back because if if this is the position that the NBA is taking, the NFL, which is you know, undisputedly, the number one sports league in North America. They've got a, a lot of people watching. They can incite a lot of change if, if they want to. And I'm not expecting anything. Um, but they they have a platform. Um, we saw it with Colin Kaepernick a number of years ago. He knew what he what he had uh, at the time that he made his decision to kneel, and he knows. You know, every every fucking Sunday, I'm going to have thirty fucking million people watching me for the next few yeah. hours, and he he did possibly the the like smallest gesture that these guys could make, and it still ruined his fucking career. So um, I don't know. Like that that's a league. I think that they have a lot of potential to do something big if they want to, and I'm not confident they're going to 
run with it. I mean, he's a guy, no matter what, when this is all done, like, he's going to go down as an American hero, and, and I could have told you that four years ago. And, you know, it's it's a shame that it's taken four years to see really any support for what he did. Um, outside, because, of, like, because, outside of his own league. But even within his own league, there was a lot of people that didn't support him. Like, sure. the very yeah. vast majority. Uh, like, he knelt and maybe, like, three guys said that they supported him. And two of them got driven out of the league, too. Like, you know, it's just... I, I, am, I am expecting... Um, stuff from the NFL, not from the league itself, but from its players. I do, like, they are, um, at least the the most recent data that I have, uh, 70% of the league is African-American. So, you know, I'm not saying all of them are going to feel the need to to do something because, you know, everyone has different political outlooks and whatever, but um, I do expect to see something there because I do think now there's growing support for what Kaepernick did, but at the time there wasn't. Yeah. And I don't know, like that's going to be an interesting one because there's just so many reasons to believe that the NFL season's going to be a fucking mess to begin with. And now all this is happening. And, um, I don't know. I'm interested to see. I, I, I would say on a non, um, social justice, just from a sports standpoint that out of the four major leagues that are going to restart, the NFL is definitely built for failure on a restart on a return to play here so um i'm i'm interested to see even if they're gonna have the opportunity to um really have any protests like like i'm doing a fantasy football draft tonight and i have literally no idea when the fucking season is actually going to start because everything is still so tentative with the nfl like they're they're running it like a like a freaking minor hockey league or something like that. Like they, they're, everything's just a gray area, and it's like you are the fucking biggest corporation in North America. How the fuck do you not know what's going on? You've had six months to prepare for how to adjust your league to to the yeah. post pandemic play, and they haven't done that. Hmm. But also, if everything goes well on that front, I do expect to see some protesting going back to what we were talking about. Like I do think. Um, I just, I do think that there are a lot of guys in that league that, again, have a pretty big platform. There's a lot of outspoken dudes. Um, I'm specifically interested to see, like, one of the most outspoken, if not the most outspoken player in the league is, is Cam Newton. And now playing for my New England Patriots, I think that's a bit of an interesting combination in terms of, um, just the fan base and the general makeup of the fan base and... Um, you know, I don't think that he's going to have any issues with Bill Belichick if he chooses to do anything like that. Um, Bill Belichick's kept his politics fairly quiet, but he doesn't really seem to give a shit one way or another as long as you show up to play football. Um, but I am interested to see how he's greeted by the fan base when he inevitably is going to be very outspoken and, and, uh, doing some sort of protesting, I'm quite sure. Hmm. Yeah, it'll be interesting, uh, especially if these guys are, like the NFL, I, I don't know if it's been announced, but, you know, if, if they're doing a bubble thing or if they're following more of the MLB route. Where no, they're, they're, they're pretty much doing an MLB thing. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. The, the schedule has been adjusted <laughs> to prevent minimal travel, is what they're saying, but, um, like, even within, the, the plan is, is when you're on, on the road, you're supposed to 
fly in as close to the game as you can and fly out immediately after the game. Mm-hmm. So a lot of these teams are going to be flying in on a Saturday and playing on Sunday and then flying out, and it's like, oh, yeah, that's going to work for sure. That yeah, It's not going to be terrible. Mm-hmm. It's not like NFL players ever get hurt because they're tired. Ugh. That's why they want to play once a week. Exactly. <laughs> um, Fuck, you can barely do that. So we're a hockey podcast. We should probably talk about the hockey side of all of this because um, while the you know job that was done comparatively to the other leagues was uh, very small, there still was some change or not change, but some action that took place in the NHL. But where where I wanted to get your opinion on this is because like. I, I took issue with some of the the complaints that were being made by uh, by the sports world in in that there was there was this call of, of disgust that the NHL you didn't you didn't do anything mm-hmm. you know Wednesday, Wednesday came and went they played their games um, where the NBA sat out and I think the MLB had maybe two of their of their games that was uh, uh, boycotted. And I, I saw all this backlash to about the NHL didn't do enough. The NHL should have done this. The NHL, and I thought that this was a, a players' movement, mm-hmm. which yep. really confused me. Yep, because that's not on the NHL at that point. Yep, the uh, the NBA didn't do fuck all. Don't make make no mistake. They didn't do a fucking thing until a few days later. Just don't wanted, don't give the yeah. NBA any fucking credit because they didn't Good. do fuck all. None I, I of these leagues to, did anything. I wanted to clarify nope. that because that's I yep. was I was starting to get a little confused. Maybe Absolutely maybe I'm losing not. my mind here, nope. but no, the same the same uh, demographic of owners in the NHL is pretty much the same demographic of owners in the M- in the NBA and the MLB. Like the amount of minority uh, <laughs> minority race majority owners in sports. I can th- I can think of maybe three or four mm-hmm. in the four major sports leagues. Like Shad Khan owns the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. Majority owners, I can't think of anyone else. Doesn't Magic right Johnson own? Uh, not a majority. No owner. way. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's there's. I mean, I'm not great on owners anyway. But like, I'm I'm sure there's a few others. But that's too like, bad, Bruce. We got the owners quiz oh, uh, right now. Oh, no. yeah. The like, I can't. I can't honestly. I can't. I don't think there is an NHL one that's that's majority. No, that's a I don't think that's so. a minority race. Like I, I don't think there is one. That so basically, my point is that you know th- these leagues were never going to do anything. They were never going to do anything until that's why the players did what they did in the NBA is because they knew from the minute that they started talking about it that it was on them. Yeah. And maybe that's fair, maybe it's not, I don't know, it doesn't matter. But th- the idea that the NBA did such a better job than the than the NHL, they did, but when I say that I'm talking about the players. Because right. the owners yeah. are, are non-factors. Mm-hmm. Let's get it on the table here. Mm-hmm. None of them did anything. Yeah, yeah. The, the NHL, like... Maybe Mark Cuban did something, he seems like a kind of guy who would, but... The NHL is never going to be your champion for for, for this type of situation, no. right? So, you know, you, it's it's one thing to look at them and say, "Hey, how come you guys didn't do what these guys did?" That's that's a fair argument. But to expect the NHL to to 
you know, grab the flag and run with it is pretty naive. Um, but yeah, like I, I, I almost I like I don't even think that the leagues like this is gonna <laughs> it's gonna sound wrong at first, but bear with me. I I don't think the leagues should be doing anything about this because it almost diminishes the impact. Of what of what they'd be trying to say, like if if the NHL came out and said we're canceling the rest of the games this week, okay, that's just a scheduling change. You guys are just moving the games. It's not like mm-hmm. you're not really doing anything, right? You, you're the you're the league. You decide when we play the games. It's that yeah, that's up to you. That really doesn't do anything on on the face you know, value of, of of what we're trying to get across here. It's the players that that to an extent have the voice. They're the ones that are going out there and doing the work. Uh, they are the ones that can strike. The NHL can't really strike. They can't really protest something. They can put their signs up and they yeah. can, you know, run their commercials and their ads and, and whatever else they want to do. It's not really doing anything, though. That's you know that the players, I think, are the ones that should be taking a lot of the a lot of the blunt, blunt well, here. And, yeah, because I mean, if all the owners come out and say that, you know, we shouldn't be playing again. Going back to the point I just made, I don't even fucking know who half the owners are. Sure. What the fuck? If I'm a Joe Blow fan, what the hell do I care if Jerry Reinsdorf says, you know what, we need to do more? It's like, who the fuck is Jerry Reinsdorf? You know what I mean? Yeah. But if LeBron James and and fucking Aaron Judge and Sidney Crosby are saying all this shit, it's like, oh, yeah, okay, good I've heard point. Of you. Yeah, yeah, like I know that guy. I've seen him on a cereal box. And and to further your point, like a guy like Reinsdorf. He doesn't need to come out and say Rising we should door. change something. Just, just say nothing. Write a check for five billion dollars and give it to somebody like that can do something with sure. it. Like you don't have to open your fucking mouth. You just no. have to open your wallets and like you are billionaire sports owners. You have a lot of power. You yeah. don't need to get in a room with your other buddies that are all sports owners and come to an agreement. Like you have your your own conscious mind. You can make your own decisions. So, to me, like I never, I never wanted to. Well, I, I always want to see people, you know, speak out and, and stand up for what they believe in. But I, I never wanted to see the league actually take the, you know, the the charge on, on this type of thing. This no. this always had to be a player's issue, and and uh, they, they failed at the end of the day. Like that's that's what it boils down to. Um, at the NHL level, yeah. Sorry, okay. at the NHL level. Um, Going back to it, like I know we just talked about, like this this was a couple days ago. I can't even remember was it was it the players that said they weren't going to play Thursday Friday, or was it the league that just said we're going to yeah we're going to cancel yeah. the rest of the games and we're going to play them sometime yeah, else. I mean, it, see, it's a weird thing for me because I don't I don't necessarily blame them for not doing anything on Wednesday, <clears throat> but I also do think that doing it on Thursday was too late, like. It's just like you you missed your chance and that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But I like the idea that this was going to come together on Wednesday. Like what the NBA did is remarkable in the sense that they were all able to come to that decision. And this is not a, a Well, it, it was one team on Wednesday. Yes. So Thursday they were able to come to that sure. decision, but like, to get up and decide to do that is not an easy thing to do. I think another thing that, you know, people need to remember is that in the NBA, 
there are 14 players on an active roster Mm -hmm. and they kind of call the shots and coaches are way less important in the NHL. There's like 40 people that make these decisions It's a little bit harder to get 40 people on the same page than 14. Uh, and even in the NBA, like if LeBron James says you're not playing, that speaks for the other 13 guys on the fucking roster. So, uh, you know, like it's pretty easy for one team to decide to sit out when, uh, one guy's making the decision, mm-hmm. uh, you know, but yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't really think that this was an easy thing for the NHL to have just decided on a whim. And, and I don't think, like, playing... Like, like here's the point everyone's missing, too, is, like, the shooting happened on Sunday. It didn't happen Tuesday. It didn't happen Wednesday. It happened last Sunday. So it took everyone days to even really respond to the initial video. And then it went viral, and now everyone cares. Like, the no... The notion that Thursday would like Wednesday was too late, but well, it's just one of those things where it's like I just don't really know that Thursday or Wednesday or whatever. Like, what the, what does it matter? The gesture happened when it happened. It's mm-hmm. better than nothing. But th- to sit here and say the NHL was late, well, so was everyone. We were all late to the party on this. I saw that video on Monday. Sure. And then, and then everyone's like, wow, did you see this? It's like, well, yeah, it was on the internet a few days ago. No one cared then. That That's a tough one, because I, I can see how an event happens, regardless of what the event is, event happens, you have to see what, what follows. Um, so the shooting takes place on Sunday. If, if they went out the next day and, and, you know, arrested the cops that did it on Monday, then sure, there's, like, we don't, like, we we shouldn't be happy that this happened to a person, but... Like, that's that's it. Justice was was done. the 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 system worked, right? One bad person did something bad, and they were reprimanded for it. So you have to give that period of time. You have to see what transpires when any action occurs. Now, maybe, maybe two days isn't enough. Maybe three days is too long. I'm, I don't know. I'm not. I'm not sitting here saying. I have, a, I have well, a magic number. There isn't a there isn't a right answer, but right. that that's exactly what I'm saying. Though it's just like to nitpick and say that one league was late and the other one wasn't. Like I don't know. Like I don't I don't really know that that makes sense either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, everyone was late. Sure. Yeah. Um, I I don't think I have much more. On, on this, I'm not sure if you had anything else you wanted to touch on, but uh, not really. No, yeah. I like I, I support uh, 100% the NBA's players' decision. I yeah. think that that yeah. was uh, that was the right thing to do. I think the most important <laughs> thing that everyone misses when we're judging, because um, I mean, like I'm sitting here and saying that everyone was late, but like that's I don't know, that's just how it works. Like it's not it's not the end of the world happened either. When but, it happened, so yeah. But what I would say is that um, I think it's impossible. Unless you're um, an African American living in the United States, to sit here and say that you know exactly what uh, everyone, all of them, feel like, I think if you're judging and saying that it's a stupid idea to sit out or whatever, like all I all I'm saying is I just wasn't sure what the end game was, mm-hmm. but 100 percent, like from the moment they said they were going to sit out. Yeah, of course. Go right ahead. Like, sit out forever. I don't care. Like, whatever you think you need to do, mm-hmm. let's do it. Yeah. 
and and that should be the response is whatever you think is is necessary here then let's go ahead and do it but you know i i, I think the people who are sitting here judging and saying that it's a stupid idea like that i mean how the fuck would you know like how, how do you know what it feels like like to, to for these guys to wake up and maybe most of them didn't see the video till wednesday and they see it and just because you and I are desensitized to it or, or whatever, I mean, I was still horrified, but like, just because some people don't respond that way, it doesn't mean that some of these other guys didn't wake up, see it, and were absolutely, literally sick to their stomach. You know what I mean? Like, how the fuck would you know how these guys feel? And the people who are sitting here judging and saying it's a stupid idea, they're part of the problem. No, you're right. It's, it's not for, it's not for the fan base to decide you know, how these guys react to things. No. So, uh, you want to bitch and complain that you didn't get to watch your sports that night? That's fine. I didn't miss them. You know, like, well, I'm, I'm not sitting here saying people shouldn't have been upset. Like, if if, if you're sitting, if you're if you're at work all fucking day long, and sure, you're like, sucks. I, I, I want to I wanna go home and watch my fucking Red Sox play tonight, and then you go home and they're like, oh, yeah, the Red Sox aren't playing tonight. Well, oh, that sucks. I could live the rest of the year without watching well, a Red Sox <laughs> game, I'll tell you that for free. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it, it's one thing to be disappointed, but it's another entire thing to come out and, and get pissy and, and upset and call these guys out and and, and criticize the, the league and the play and all. Like, just fucking... Leave it alone. Don't e- don't even fucking open your mouth. There's there's no reasons for you mm-hmm. to speak. You are a, a minute cog in the entire system of what's going on around you. So, yeah. Um, yeah. If if you need that much of a distraction from your life that you're gonna call out sports for not being on, fuck. You might want to look at a therapist. I don't know. That's. I do want to uh, make mention too, like in the hockey world uh, on Wednesday night because we still did play our games. Um, that there were four broadcasters on um, Sportsnet that were incredibly outspoken and were absolutely wonderful uh, in showing their support for the NBA and, and disgust for the NHL and playing. And again, if you feel that way, it's fine. But um, yeah, like Kelly Rudy, Chris Johnston, Chris Simpson, and Craig Simpson were all incredibly... Uh, Chris Simpson that gave me goosebumps hearing what she said. It was fucking great. And... Um, not singling out the other broadcasters who didn't, but I think that the fact that they did and used their platform was great too, because that was an encouraging sign to see from a, a network that um, does try to be fairly diverse in who they hire and who they put on their on their broadcasts uh, at every level. So it was nice to hear their white broadcasters showing some support for their coworkers for for everyone it was great Mm -hmm. it was nice to see yeah it was it was in a moment where we didn't hear anything else from the nhl or its players especially the broadcasters had something to say that Uh, especially again like i know these issues don't have borders but Mm -hmm. being a canadian corporation and you know they're they didn't have to come out and talk about issues that are taking place in the united states and yeah and they did they chose to to hit on hit the nail on the head uh hit the nail on yeah i got it right the first time yeah. yeah um all right, uh, back to back to sports. Mm-hmm. Um, I think last time we had a discussion along these lines, we mentioned that um, the conversation is not over; it's just over for the episode. This this will be talked about um, moving forward for as, as long as it needs to be talked about because that's that's the bigger issue. That's why we led with the story. And I'm hoping uh, to talk about it more often. Like I'm hoping <laughs> stuff 
is happening every week in the sports world to try and affect change, sure. to be quite honest yeah. with you. So yeah. it's this perfectly fine conversation to have all the time. The Phoenix Coyote. Oh, Phoenix. Oh, boy. I'm showing my age on that yeah. one. Dating myself. Um, Freaking Tepo Newman still yeah, playing there? Fucking, the Cleveland Barons. You hear about this? Um, the the Arizona Coyotes mm. uh, have forfeited, or and I guess they didn't forfeit. They, they, they have been stripped of two draft picks. I feel like that would be a really funny team if they relocated somewhere like completely random to just keep the Coyotes name. Like they moved a fucking Halifax and they're just the Halifax Coyotes. Yeah. You know? I, I'd enjoy that. All, like, of I those, get on board. all of those Coyotes in Nova Scotia. Yeah. Um, the Coyotes uh, stripped of two draft picks uh, in the upcoming draft, a 2022nd and a 2021 first rounder, uh, for violating uh, testing policies uh, at the draft combine uh, in this past season. We don't know what the violations were, at least as far as I can tell, no one's come forward and said what happened. Couldn't, couldn't be good. Um, I guess I guess maybe they, they greased up the, the polls for the other teams when they came to... I, I, I can't even begin to imagine what could have taken place <laughs> that would cost uh, this type of punishment. Um, but, uh, yeah, it happened. Um, and uh, this is just another, another hilarious... It's hilarious for me at this point. A hilarious chapter in the saga that is... Uh, the Coyotes franchise, uh, just weeks after uh, the departure of former GM uh, John Chaka, and uh, yeah, this this was this was fun. I, I a little harsh, maybe. Again, we don't know what I happened. Mean, here, here's the here's the crazy thing, okay? Uh, for for those of you who are too young to remember this, in 2010, the New Jersey Devils signed Ilya Kovalchuk to a 15 million dollar con, or sorry, 15 year. $100 million contract that was clearly in fucking violation of the salary cap broke many rules. They were penalized a third round pick and a future first round pick. They could pick the year! And they got that pick back. <laughs> like, what did the Coyotes do? <laughs> like, literally, the de- at the time, there were like four rules about the salary cap and the Devils broke broke, like, one of the four rules, and the NHL was like, ah, here's here's your punishment. Everyone's like, wow, that's fucking crazy that they got penalized that. The Coyotes are losing a bunch of picks. A bunch of high picks here. What did they do? What happened? That's almost the biggest, bigger story here. Like, it's, it's not really, like, the fact that this happened, like, that they're losing their picks. It's, what's going on? Like... How do you fuck up that how, bad? How much do you really fucking learn about a player at the draft combine, too? Like, let's be honest here. Like, what? why would that be the area where you're trying to fucking get inside information? Like, what are you doing? Were you giving him steroids? I don't the, understand what could have happened. The only thing I can think of is that maybe they met with certain players ahead of time and said, hey, throw your fucking combine sure. so you slip. But even if a player slips, that doesn't mean the Coyotes are going to st- take him. Like, no. we want you to slip from I don't get from it. 30th to 50th. It's like, okay, well, there's still 20 fucking picks in there. Like, some other team could just come along and... You know what I mean? So, I, I don't know. It, that's, to me, the only thing I can think of, but... I mean, like, even if they had drafted a player that they manipulated their combine results, wouldn't it make sense to just make them a free agent and anyone can sign them? Or put them back into the draft? Or, you know what I mean? Like, take away your rights on said player? 
Like what? Yeah, you can you can you can have your pick, but you can't pick that guy. Yeah, kind of like thing. Yeah. You, you, Victor Soderstrom is no longer a, a coyote. Like you, you fucked that up. You know what I mean? Right. I don't know. I don't. That's weird. Wild. It, that's it's fucking harsh. I mean, whatever. Like I'm not saying it's harsh, but like that's a that's a spicy it seems meatball. Harsh. That's a spicy yeah. meatball. For with, sure. with no context, it seems outrageous. Fucked. So short of us learning what actually happened, like I don't know. I'm I'm very curious now. I remember when this happened, and it was like, oh, they violated the, the draft combine. It's like, oh no, they're gonna get fined like twenty thousand dollars. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. What I mean? Did they did they get fined too? I don't think was so. there a fine? No, not that I, I was know. Say like the Devils had a three million dollar fine on that Kovalchuk contract, which like I understand like you know a, a it's a fucking professional sports team, but three million dollars is not like a small amount of money for an NHL team. Right. Right. Um, yeah, I don't see any. Any monetary figures here? Oh, they so. probably figured the Coyotes couldn't afford it. Am I right, folks? Yeah. Bit of a murky uh, ownership situation there. Yeah, not great for the Coyotes who uh, already are without uh, their third round pick this, oh, yeah. this year. So, um, yeah, that team's a mess. Yeah. Um, what's next here? What do we got? Oh yeah, our our, our sweet sweet boy Cheeks Clappinen was traded to the Pittsburgh mm-hmm. uh, Penguins, better known as Kasperi Kapanen, mm-hmm. son of Sammy. Um, he goes back to the team that drafted him uh, as uh, the Leafs pick up uh, David Warofsky, uh, Evan Rodriguez. What a name to start with. Of I'm the four assets they got, he picked here, David yeah. Warsawski yeah. as the first guy. Philip Hollander and a first-round pick from the Penguins, which is currently slated to be the 15th overall pick in the upcoming draft. Uh, going along with Kapanen is uh, Pontus Aberg and uh, Jesper Lindgren, which we can only assume uh, Jerry Rutherford thought was Timothy Lilgren. Mm-hmm. Uh, Lindgren, Lilgren, it's close. I mean, I've I've never been an 84 year old man, but same, I, same I could different. see it's it could be tripping you up a little bit. Yeah. Uh, the Leafs get some cap relief and a first round pick and a highly touted prospect, uh, and the Penguins get and and I might add like the part that everyone seems to forget in the deal, like Evan Rodriguez, who uh, until about a year ago was um, considered like Casperi Kapanen adjacent. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> like like. Could like I wouldn't yeah. say is as good, but like a year ago was thought to be as good. You you could maybe bring him back uh, if you can get him under a million dollars, and he could. Which maybe, you might be able to because he, he didn't he have might, a great year. No, he didn't so, know. Um, and the Penguins get Casper Captain, who is like it's hard to read him. He's uh, our sweet boy. I I, sure. I I liked him in Toronto. Yeah, I, we, we liked I, him I think, here. Uh, I think he could be a pretty pretty helpful guy in the Penguins' top six. He's got yeah. some speed. Um, and if, if the Penguins can utilize him or, or find a way to utilize him a little better than the Leafs did, because at the end of the day, like, Kasperi Kapanen only got, what, 50 games worth under Sheldon Keefe? Like, you you could say that maybe Mike Babcock just never really found a way to, to use Kapanen the right way. So I'm, I'm not saying that this is a guy that's going to go to Pittsburgh and, and, and be ineffective or, or no more effective than he was in Toronto. He he could turn into a 60-70 point guy as far as I'm concerned. Ooh. I, I could see it. Whoa. I could see it. Okay. But um, that's what the caveat that uh, Sidney Crosby does turn a lot of players into <laughs> 60 point guys yeah. that maybe shouldn't be. So The th- the thing with that is like the long narrative on Sidney Crosby is that um, obviously doesn't have a problem making most players good, but the one type of player that uh, generally can't play on his wing is a speed winger. 
and that is that is by far Casper Kapanen's mm-hmm. best quality. So I don't see them. I don't see him playing well with Crosby or Malkin, but I could I could be wrong. Um, the thing with Casper Kapanen is I I don't see a way unless he really really gels with Malkin or Crosby that he is capable of getting over fifty five points in a season. I just don't see it. I don't get it. Um, having said that, he's a pretty good defensive forward. And if you put him with Zach Aston Reese, you might have a pretty good third line kicking around. Sure. So uh, I, 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 I like the trade for Pittsburgh in the sense that Casper uh, Kapanen is 23 years old and is, by all accounts, an NHL player. Yeah. So no matter what. Like, at, at the very worst, you're getting a, a budget version of his dad, mm-hmm. who's still a pretty, was a pretty good player. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I, I, th- I think it's, I think it's fine for Pittsburgh. There's no question they overpaid, but, um, hey, if you think he's going to help, that's great. I don't think he moves the needle on that team at all, but. They're, they're a weird one. Like, uh, they lose Kessel there in the, in the trade that obviously went very, very bad. They had to. You know, trade away Galchenyuk, uh, who was the primary piece that got in the uh, Kessel trade um, uh, for Zucker, uh, which is fine. I think I think Jason Zucker has has fit pretty well in his limited time in Pittsburgh. But yeah, there's they, no question though that like they are definitely missing 2017 Phil Kessel because they yeah. never filled that gap. Yeah. They need that they top never nine filled filled the <sighs> the slot. Jesus, am I right? Yeah, no, folks, did, did right. are you, am I right, folks? He filled that joke about as well as a hot dog fills a bun. That's right. Um, and you know what? I guess I should fill this gap in the episode. Today's sponsor, oh, Airedale Fly-In Fishing Jesus and Hunting. Christ. Yeah, actually, I do have to do an ad read, so I may as well do it. Uh, located Over in the bombing metropolis of Wawa, Ontario, Airedale has provided a unique wilderness experience since 1945. They have 18 remote outpost camps that help keep the lake pristine and the fishing extraordinary. They have fish such as brook trout, lake trout, northern pike, pickerel, and walleye. And uh, it's just a great, great place to spend what's left of the nice weather that we have. Uh, if you're looking to plan a trip with the boys, bachelor party, maybe just to get out with some family. Or the ladies. Or the ladies. Yeah, well, whatever. Uh, visit www.airedale.ca or www.outpostcamps.com for more information. Begin out, planning outpost. 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 Outpost camps. We're gonna we're gonna outpost tattletale camps. on the other posts. Outposts. Outpost camps. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Like I do like the trade for the Leafs. Um <laughs> Yeah. I I I mean, yeah. Like this value wise, the best trade that Kyle Dubas has made so far. Uh whether or not it's going to turn out, you know, it, it depends. It's possible Philip Hollander doesn't <coughs> turn into a productive NHL player. It's possible that they use that first round pick to either trade for a player that doesn't work there or to draft a player that isn't. I mean, like, you know, it's what, the 15th overall pick they got? Yeah. There's been a lot of not-so-great 15 overall picks. Like, it does happen. So, you know, it, it could be a bad trade. Cabinet gets 70 points a year and the Leafs don't turn any of these assets in anything. Yeah, it might suck. But well, there, there's no question this, that they were never is... going to get that for Casperi Cabinet from another team. This is handedly a trade that I don't think you can properly grade until we see what the rosters look like come next year because, like, I... I, Go on the Steve Simmons route, eh? Well, and you can't. Like, (laughs) Steve's an idiot, but he's kind of not wrong about this. Like, yeah, okay, at least got the 15th overall pick. Great. 
what are they going to pick? Well, maybe they'll trade it. Like, we don't know. Like, maybe they're going to flip these assets for something else. Um, they definitely needed the cap space. What are they going to do with the cap space? Who are they going to sign? What are they going to bring in with, with that money that they have? Those those things matter in the big picture. Um, you can obviously, you can analyze the trade directly as it is and, and assess it and say, yeah, the Leafs won the trade. Um, but we don't know that. Like, Pittsburgh doesn't need a first-round pick. Uh, like, Sidney Crosby is 33. Malkin's 32. I mean... They very badly need a first they, round pick, right. but it doesn't really make right. sense to keep the, it. I get it. The direction their team is they, choosing they to go certainly fucking needs some picks. Holy yeah. shit! The, the direction they're choosing to go indicates that they don't need the pick. Uh, and then you see the same argument. Oh, well, the Leafs don't need the pick. They're they're a contender. Well, yeah, but they're they're contenders with like a twenty two year old core. Like they could use this asset to help bolster what could be. Their championship I mean, teams of 28, 29, 30-year-olds. Like, in the grand scheme, too, though, like, to say that either of them don't need a first-round pick, yeah, they both didn't make the playoffs. So, like, I don't really know sure. where we're going to sit here and say that either of these... Like, they both yeah. do need... They need to improve, because yeah. they both didn't do very good last year. Both both uh, third-place teams in their divisions didn't make the playoffs. That's, 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 gonna, right. that's, that's, right. that's an effective way to judge them. That's right. Um, I mean, like... You look at the the history of fifteenth overall picks. Like, there's been some pretty good players picked. Sure. You know, so like, isn't Kapner a fifteenth overall pick? Uh, I don't think so. But uh, I mean, uh, you know, like, we don't need to be super pumped about it. But like, yeah. Cody Cody Cece was also a fifteenth overall pick, and he's terrible. He but like, great. also J T. Miller, Dylan Larkin, Alexander Radulov, Eric Carlson, former greats such as Joe Sakic, Al McInnes, Alexi Kovalev. Yeah, the Leafs don't have nice things. Like, bossy. Um, yeah, so, I mean, you know, like, it could go any number of ways. Like, there's also fucking Zach Sanition. Yeah. You know? Uh, either of these, uh, I'm sorry, neither of these teams uh, seem to indicate that this is it for them on the trade front. <laughs> uh, Can't imagine it would be. Rutherford has a few more Worthers he'd like to ship out. Uh, and Dubis, he's got some work to do. Just just strictly, if, if you still want to crunch the numbers, like, they still have... A bit of work in terms of they got to sign four-ish players to NHL deals to to have a lineup for next season, and still not a ton of room to to work with. Freddie Anderson, uh, his name has been floated around a little bit. Um, I don't know about you, uh, when I saw the Kapanen to Pittsburgh uh, uh, tweets starting to roll out, it seemed like forever until we found out what the actual deal was. I, I was I. Might have if I had a bet three sixty five app my phone I may have gone straight and made a, a bet that they were getting a goalie uh, from the Pittsburgh Penguins because I I kind of saw that making a little bit of sense Pittsburgh obviously wants to move a guy Toronto is talking about moving their guy um, but um, yeah it's, I don't know for for now good trade I think there's value on both sides so I don't see the Leafs making a move for a goalie until they have one lined up for their other goalie. Not to say that it's a reason not to make a trade for a goalie, but, like, if they were to have traded for Murray and then there's just, like, a month here where they just have three goalies, it's like, oh, God, that would have gone bad, probably. So Sure. You know. But maybe you missed your opportunity, you know? Like, if you don't trade for a guy now, so, and then they move him somewhere else. Well, while we're on the subject, like, did you see the rumor of the Anderson to Calgary deal? <clears throat> yeah. Am I the only one that thought that that is bad value for Frederick Anderson? Because, like, the, there is no goalie market. I understand that. And that's why I'm 
firmly on the do not trade Frederick Anderson train. But like that's not that's not great either. Like like how does that make your team better now? It doesn't. How does that make your team better in the future? It probably doesn't. So why make the why, why make that deal? That just made, makes them worse now and in the future. Makes it cheaper. And that's Does like, it? Yeah. Well, yeah. No, that Riddick and Bennett make more money than fucking Anderson does. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, uh, maybe. Yeah, it's, it'd be close. But in my mind, like I, I think the the way that that trade looks the best is if you sign Robin Lehner and then make a trade where you trade Anderson. But then just don't give us Riddick. Just just give us the pick and yeah, Bennett like, and call it a day. Riddick's kind of right. a waste of money it is. from a Leafs standpoint. He's a waste of money. He just he had like a, a, a 27 goals against average in the playoffs. So you'd have Bennett one more year at 2.55 and you'd have one more year of Riddick at 2.75. So, yeah. Like, little, I, little I don't more. understand yeah. how that's a productive deal for no, it's Toronto. Not. It's not I, I don't think it was a realistic offer no. in any sense. So. No. Like, again, I'll take a first-round pick. I'm not saying I don't want a first-round sure. pick. But, like... You know, we're talking about two guys with with a fairly low trade value mm-hmm. and a first round pick that they don't need for uh, a goalie that is the only reason they win games some nights. So, yeah, you're not wrong. Um, from one leaf rumor to another, uh, Alex Petrangelo oh, is uh, coming up on Ugh. the end of his contract. Uh, a lot of talk about where he's going to play hockey next season. Obviously, the Blues would like to retain him. Uh, they don't really have a ton of money to do so. Um, there's any time any player from Toronto is uh, mentioned as a free agent, there's the discussion that he could go back home and play for his Leafs. Um, I'm on my way. There it is. Um, I'm on my way. Flat I love, cap. I love Motley Lou. I don't. No, I love Motley Lou. Right, no, I don't. Yeah. No? No. I thought you were a hot tub time machine guy. Oh, I like it. Okay. Just don't, You're more of a Lugal guy. Don't change. Do you like Lugal better? Sure. That was okay. fine. Yeah. Don't change Motley Crew. <laughs> Come on, I can't break that with those guys up. Um Flat Cap means neither of these two teams, the Leafs or the Blues, are gonna have much of a realistic shot at bringing back Petrangelo. They should have had a bit where like Tommy Lee was in the movie. You know what I mean? Like, they should have brought in, like, Tommy Lee and fucking Nikki Six or they something. They couldn't afford those guys. No? Well, Nikki Six got... He's, well, I don't think they're an expensive get. No, no, no. Especially in Hot Tub Time Machine 2. You know what I mean? Like, it wouldn't have cost no. that much money in fucking 2015 to get Motley Crue. Nobody, nobody watched Hot Tub Time Machine 2. <laughs> I did recently. I watched that movie. It wasn't great. <sighs> I mean... Woof. Adam Scott kind of holds the movie together, but... When when is that not the case? Am I right, folks? Oh, boy. You guys see fucking Step Brothers, and not that great. Uh, Alex Petrangelo coming off a career high sixteen goals and career high. Oh no, career second high. Yeah, fifty-two <laughs> point season. Uh, oh dear. In limited actions, only seventy games. Obviously, we didn't uh, get to finish the season. Um, is there a, a player outside of the Blues or Leafs that you like for him, or is this kind of open and shut? He's just going to make up his mind and. and go back to St. Louis at a insanely cheap deal. I don't understand the question. Is there some market that you like for Petrangelo outside of Toronto or St. Louis? Oh, oh, oh yeah. Most of them. <laughs> like those those are the only two teams but where like, it makes no fucking sense. 
Like the devils have all the cap room in the world. He's not going to go play for the devils. No, right? Like, like that. That's one thing, right? Is like every year we have the conversation of where is a big name free agent going to go, and one team again where eventually they're going to sign someone. I would think is the Colorado Avalanche, but like I don't know if that decor, if it would even be a smart move for them to sign him. Like here, here's my they thing. Can't, they can't afford him long term either. Here's my thing. I wouldn't go near Alex Petrangelo if I was a GM. And that's not to say that I don't think he's good. I actually happen to think that he's probably the best defenseman in the NHL. However, I'm not very confident that he's going to age that well. His style of play is very reliant on having moderate speed. And his speed is starting to fade. If everyone remembers back to a year and a half ago, and again, a while ago, when he had that injury to his leg, and he came back, he looked finished. Like, he looked Jay Bomeister get him out of the lineup bad when he first came back. Mm -hmm. And of course, he found his legs, and then literally, like, they won the Stanley Cup last year, and then he had probably the best season of his career this year. But I fail to see how... Maybe next year, but but the year after. Like, I fail to see how 21-22 is a really good season for Alex Petrangelo. Like, I just, I don't think so. So, I don't know if it makes a lot of sense to sign him long-term for a lot of teams. The teams that should be interested in him are the teams that are in win-now mode. But there aren't a ton of teams that are in win-now mode that can afford him. So, I, I think... He, he might be a little screwed, but I think more likely what's going to happen is a team that shouldn't sign him is going to sign him and maybe get three or four pretty good years out of him and then have three really bad years at the end. Um, he's just, he's very Shea Webbery in the way he plays. Like, he's never been super reliant on his speed, mm-hmm. but the minute he loses what speed he does have could be a little sketchy. Um... I don't know. I don't know where he would go. I mean, the the perfect fit is Winnipeg. Yeah, it is. But I was just gonna say. Um, does he go there? I mean, he is Canadian, so at least you got to like at least Winnipeg has a better chance of landing non-American free agents, right? Canadian, they like Canadian markets. You know, your Scandinavians, Winnipeg's treated them pretty well. Mm-hmm. So I mean, that's a reason to want to play there. Uh, but like like Russian and uh, and American free agents, why would they sign in fucking? Winnipeg. Sure. Yeah. 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 Ilya Brizgalov was making fun of fucking Winnipeg. Like, you know, you know you're bad when a guy from Russia is chirping you for being cold. Montreal is an interesting option as well. Um, Can you imagine fucking Shea Weber and Alex Trangelo, 37 yeah, years old? Be fucking wild. <laughs> um, they they could you know they could use a right-handed shot defenseman. Montreal. Yeah. They they have like one of the better like one-two punches on right hand though. They got they got Jeff Petrie and Shea Weber. Jeff Jeff Petrie's a a good number number two option. Jeff Petrie's for sure their best defenseman. For right. sure. All right. Well, where where would you put Jeff Petrie in the in the like where what's what's his NHL role to you? He's a bottom four defenseman. That's crazy. That's crazy. I don't know. I, I don't see much out of him that I that I enjoy. He's fine. He's an okay offensive defenseman. He's an okay defensive defenseman. 
He's nothing more. He's not great at either end. He's just he's just there. He's, he plays. He you know get he can kill some minutes for you. I don't know. He's fine. He's getting old. I don't know. I mean, so is Shea Weber, but <laughs> well, so is everyone. So is everyone. That's how time. We're works. all getting old. I I I wow. Ooh. That's crazy. I don't know. I don't. I I'm trying to think of an instance where you and I have disagreed more on something on the podcast. I think Jeff Petrie's probably a top thirty defenseman in the NHL. I am close. Well, he's got some pretty good numbers, man. Sure. I don't know for for defensemen who played more than like two hundred minutes in the NHL this year. He has the uh, third best Corsi and. His his expected goals is right around there as well. He's very good. Cool. Passes the eye test. Well. He's kind of a poor man's Petrangelo. Interesting. If only there was a way to upgrade on a poor man's Petrangelo. That's right. Yeah, That's right. Um, yeah I don't know. I, I, I can't see him... I can't see Petrangelo going to Leafs. I can't see him staying with the Blues no, the unless... Leafs, the Leafs unless, thing doesn't make any sense. It makes some sense. How? They're going to have to trade Mitch Marner to do it. No, because he's from Toronto. Alex Petrangelo could decide well, that he wants to go to Toronto yeah. and sign a deal that will allow him to go to Toronto, play with his buddy John, right. and, and have a good time. all the time it in doesn't. sports. It doesn't. All we're saying is that the rumors are out there because it's a possibility. Like it's 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 a even if it's a half percent possibility, it's still a fucking possibility. Like yeah, well, there's also a, there's also a chance he retires and plays baseball next year. Well, I wouldn't buy those retire, fucking. I don't know. I wouldn't fucking buy those rumors, but no, but it's 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 a kid from Toronto or it's a kid from Ontario. Never mind, they're going to talk about it. Um, yeah, it's ridiculous. I don't think it's ridiculous. Like, there's a lot. There, there's probably a good fifteen teams behind the Leafs that I would consider it more ridiculous but um really oh yeah i i i think the leafs are are bottom five likely to get him i just don't see how it's gonna work middle of the pack. it won't work it doesn't make sense to me okay that's fine um i'm all in on the please trade for josh manson bandwagon is where i'm at on that it's just more wow. affordable certainly learn we don't have a, a lot of agreeances on defensemen in the nhl uh <laughs> Yeah, well. Dale Talon, Ugh. maybe uh, maybe sh- maybe should have followed up the uh, yeah. social justice talk with the Dale Talon stuff because it would have yeah. been a little bit more. Uh, Speaking of not agreeing fluid. on people's evaluation of talent, yeah, uh, Dale, Dale Talon uh, apparently uh, used a racial slur. Um, I don't know the context of what he said. I don't know if it's been reported that like this no, is just an incident factual. inside the bubble, apparently. Yeah, I, that's I, all we know. Again, I, I don't. I don't know if this is actually like something that we can say took place. There's just nope. A lot of people saying it did. So no, nope, but it just provides interesting context if that's part of the reason why he was let go. Um, which I don't. I don't know how much it would have played into it because <laughs> because have. like the thing is is like the rumors were that he was getting fired initially, but like I sort of wonder if he if he got like if this is true. If he got let go because of a pattern of that behavior leading up into this, you know what I mean? Like if he if he Maybe. was just running around being like openly fucking, you know, a problem, then perhaps Maybe. that's what led yeah. to it too. Because I don't really know how he was the GM there that long to begin with. 
and this is a team that everyone seemed to think was really good, and then all of a sudden they went out and signed Sergei Bobrovsky, and it's like, oh yeah, that'll be the answer. And um, so I just, I don't, I don't really know what we were looking at with this freaking guy to begin with, but um, the, it's just the timing of the allegations is kind of interesting to me. I guess so, yeah. Like, um, I didn't really read too much into it. It's, it's one of those things where, like, I, I think they're two completely different situations. I think Dale Talon was getting fired one way or the other. Was going to happen. Uh, the fact that maybe he said some some racial stuff, that's really shitty and it's worth talking about, but I, I just don't I don't think they're connected. Um, if they are, that's fantastic. Like, good for the Florida Panthers for doing that, but if I'm the Florida Panthers, I'm also throwing that in the fucking, like, front page news, if, if that's the reason. Like, if I'm the Florida Panthers and I'm firing my coach because he made racial slurs, I am, like, hey, here's a press conference. Dale Talon's a piece of shit. He said this. He said this. He said this. We don't like it. We don't want it. It's not our culture. We're, we're firing and we're moving on. So, the fact that that didn't happen makes me believe that they're just not going to Well, it's because they do have to investigate it, though. Like, they, 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 they can't just go out and say that until they can prove it because then he sues them and for a lot of money. Right. Okay. So, they have to be careful with the way that they do that. I'm just saying we may find out from them later down the road that that's what happened. Maybe. It's the yeah, same thing sure. as Bill Peters. Like, they can't just go out and fire him and be like, you know, like, they have to get their ducks in a row before they figure out what to do. Because if, if you have a press conference and you're like, Dale Talon is a racist, that is a uh, double-digit millionaire lawsuit. That is not good. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like, I think I, I agree with you. I see the point you're making. Yeah, but, yeah. like... I, I don't have millions of dollars to be sued for, so it's easy for me to say, but, like, I don't give a shit. Like, if, if the guy's a piece of shit and he said these these things... You don't want to be fucking, in the red $15 million? Yeah, That'd be fucking cool. Fucking call him out. Like, this, that is, going back to it, that is part of the problem that exists in the entire landscape of, of this social movement. No, but that's what I'm saying. They, they may have called him out internally, and that's why he got sure. fired. But that doesn't... You can't call else. him out on the fucking... on a big stage. Fuck that. Just do it. I don't give a shit. You're worried about oh, what's yeah. gonna happen to me? I'm gonna loot. Like, might might get sued by this guy. Like, he might go if, to jail. Like, like you can get in serious trouble for doing that shit. Sure. Then you hold off and and do it properly. I don't. I don't know. But that's what I'm saying. They're that. doing maybe. Well, they're not. If he's already fired. What do you mean? Okay, so if if you find Show out as the Florida Panthers that this guy has been using racial slurs, uh huh. Okay. Do an investigation. Uh-huh. Find out if it's true or not. Then fire his ass. Don't hear a rumor. Fire the guy. Then do an investigation. And then say something about it. Because by that point, yeah. like, you're just backtracking. And it's going to look like we dug up after the fact. And, you know, now we're going to say some shit about him later on. Like, just fuck. It's, it's the beginning of the offseason. You have some time. Like, fucking... Hey, assistant GM, wink, wink. Here, do this work while we worry about something else. And I don't know. There's, there's just a way, better way to handle this. I think. Okay. <sighs> Getting passionate today. Like, sure. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. Love this the love the fire. Um, speaking of the, the fire, hell do, what the hell do I care if you agree with me? I don't give a shit. <laughs> speaking of fire, thing like people listen to this, they probably think like after this you leave and like I don't talk to you or something. It's like I I could give a fuck if you think the same way as me. Like I don't care if people agree with me ever. Gives a shit. End of the day, you want to go for beers? Yes, I do. 
And that's that's all that needs to be agreed <sighs> I upon. Lay off the beers wow. for a few days. I had three nights in a row of the Ooh, beers there. Nice. Plus, yeah, like we got a, we got your you got family coming up next week. There's gonna be a lot of drinking next week. Like I gotta I gotta have a dry week here. I'll probably have beers. Actually, I'm having beers tonight. I have a fucking fantasy football draft. Fuck. Yeah. Fuck. I have to drink. I have no choice. No. What was you, isn't it? Fuck. Uh, speaking of uh, fires, uh, my segue is now lost on, on, the, on the... Bruce Cassidy <clears throat> started some fires with Ugh. some comments he made uh, the other night after uh, the game between the Boston Bruins and the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, Nick Ritchie hit into the boards. Oh, sorry. He, he hit, hit, hit Yanni Gord. He hit Yanni Gord into the boards um, on a, a check that I think is almost finished. Uh, at the time of recording, the hit is its still going on. Um, <laughs> if it was any more late, it'd be happening now, to quote Ryan wow. Lambert. Holy like, fuck. Like, I'm I not laughed saying, so hard at that tweet. Oh my I'm god. I'm not saying I haven't seen hits that were later. But the, those it hits... It was pretty bad. <laughs> those hits I'm talking about occurred in like the 80s and 90s. Yeah, it, like, was, it was really bad. Was like, there a penalty on the play? Because I've only seen the clip of him getting hit. Yeah, well, I'm pretty sure it was a five-minute major. I oh, think that shit. was the reason oh, why Bruce okay. Cassidy was upset. I, I'll have to double-check. Oh, I didn't do. I didn't watch the game, and I, no. and I need to clarify we something here. Well, I, I, was, I was working, but I, I should add, I haven't watched more than maybe a minute of that series because I, I just can't watch the Boston Bruins play. They just drive me... They, they infuriate me. And honestly, I think I've decided what it is. I just don't like their jerseys. They're, they're, they're just disgusting to me. I think that's what it is. Okay. <laughs> like, I... No, like nothing I, to do with the dirty players they well, employ that, that wear a, those jerseys. That's eh? the thing, though, right? Like, I'll watch one of their games and, like, nothing... It's just a routine hockey game sometimes. Like, nothing really, like... It's not like they play any that, that different all the time. But it's like... Yeah, I don't know. I just... I, I can't watch them. They make me angry. Um, yeah, I don't see any penalty stuff here. I got scoring, but no, where's the penalty? Oh, there we go. Penalty. penalty. Ah. Um, oh, this is the wrong game. Nice. We're looking for the game, uh, the 3-1 win by the Tampa Lightning. Yeah, the, the box score I opened up, uh, they were playing Columbus in Ooh. that particular instance. Oh, so. Alright, series, my guy. No. Uh, are you kidding me? Okay, penalties. <laughs> Uh, Why is it so hard to find that information? Uh, Nick Ritchie was given a boarding penalty uh, for his hit against Yanni Gord in the second period. Uh, it does not say for how long the penalty was. Uh, he, he had 12 minutes. and Oh, here we go. I have a. I have it. I got it. Nick Ritchie, five minutes for boarding. Um, wait, what? So he got... But he didn't get a game misconduct? He served 12 penalty minutes in the game. It's probably 10 out of 2. Well, okay, no. So here, here's what happened. Wow, I should have watched the game. He uh, he got a roughing penalty in the first period. He got five minutes for boarding in the second period, but he fought Barkley Goudreau in the third. Hmm. Isn't when it's isn't it? Shouldn't it just be game misconduct? I didn't think you could stay in the game if you got a major, or like a like a major. I, I, I would imagine it's the discretion of the referee. That's fucked. I but. didn't I didn't honestly know that that was a thing that could ever happen. You live and learn. Um. Yeah. Okay. So the hit was terrible. And uh, I understand your want to defend your players, but the idea that the I, okay the idea that Bruce Cassidy not only defended Nick Ritchie to the to the full extent that he could, he also blamed Yanni Gord for embellishing the hit. Nick Ritchie 
is six foot four. I don't have it in front of me. Like two hundred and twenty-five pounds. Yanni Gord is registered as five nine. There's no way he's five nine. He's smaller than that. What do you think's gonna happen when you fucking hit him from behind on a, as on a blind spot? What are you talking about? It was a fucking horrible hit. There were three different things you could have called it. It was a hit from behind, kind of. Slash blind spot. It was boarding. It was kind of a charge. Interference. It was interference. Four. It was a fucking awful hit. The fuck are you talking about? It was fucking Yanni Gord. They calls him a clever player. Oh, it's clever. He got them on the power play for five minutes. What a clever move. Yeah, I'm sure that he uh, he enjoyed getting his face stuffed into the boards by a guy who's got like a hundred pounds on him. Fuck that. I actually like Bruce Cassidy normally, but I thought that comment was just hilarious. Like, fuck off. Fuck out of here. Yeah, definitely didn't see the comments, but I did see the hit, and if you're defending that in any way possible, you're, you're absolutely fucked. out of your goddamn mind. Yeah. Um, oh, well, you know, that's that's the soft hockey now, you know, the wussification of hockey, right? You know, guys can't take a hit, they got to complain about everything now, you know, that's the, that's, I remember back in the day when I played, you know, yeah, back in the 60s, you know, a hit like that, that happened every game, and, you know, we'd all go out for beers after, and it's just the way it was. Fuck that. I'd go for a beer. Yeah. Um, you want to come to the draft tonight? How much you know about football? Oh, buddy. Uh, there's a ball, <laughs> and I don't even know I don't even know what size the field is anymore. Oh, it's 100 I'm, yards, I'm, I'm maybe? I'm going to give you an uh, NFL quiz next week in honor of the start of the season, supposedly. <laughs> oh, yeah. Supposedly. I guess because uh, we didn't talk about it off the top because there were more important stuff to talk about. Uh, the uh, We're, we're going to do an episode later this week, and then we're not going to do one oh, next yeah. week, by the way. Scheduling. Just so everyone knows. Uh, there's going to be one later this week, and then, again, because James has family coming into town, so we are just not going to record next week. Just FYI. Yeah, we usually right. take the summer off. We give us a week here, people. <laughs> Fuck, it's our podcast. One of the greatest defensemen in Edmonton Oilers history has announced his retirement from oh, NHL. God. Uh, Mike Green. Um, he spent uh, 16 years, well, 15 years in the National Hockey League. Yep. Um, one of the more underappreciated defensemen, I think, in, yeah. in, in NHL history. Came in kind of at the, the worst possible time. Um and had a, a, a couple really fantastic years lighting it up in Washington with Alex Ovechkin. Probably should have had a, a Norris Trophy. Finished uh, second uh, two years in a row, including a 31-goal season. I'm going to miss this guy, not going to lie. I always liked Mike Green. Like yeah. he, he had a good a good thing going in Washington. Uh, by the end of his time there, like people were calling him washed up. Despite having like a forty-five point season, he was still under thirty. Yeah, uh, he goes well, to Detroit. James, it's because he didn't get thirty-one goals well, that year. I guess so. You know, you do it once, you should do it every year. He goes to Detroit as a defenseman because that's an easy thing to do uh, for uh, uh, the, the beginning of the Mike Babcockless era, the Cockless era, if you will, Ooh. in Detroit. Wow, um, and there was just some really bad teams that he was playing on there in Detroit. Kind of looked like he was going to have an opportunity to come back to the playoffs this year. Gets dealt at the deadline to the Oilers. Plays two games. And then the... He only played uh, two games. Two games for the Amish Oilers. And then uh, didn't didn't join the team in the bubble. Uh, and it didn't really seem to matter because the uh, Oilers won out handedly in the first round. So, uh, Mike Green uh, retiring at the uh, age of 34. Um, yeah. Good luck to him. Great guy. Yeah. 
Um, well, great player. Mike. <laughs> I don't know the dude. Yeah, I don't know him at all. <laughs> I, 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 he seems pretty cool. Um, he is the only defenseman to score uh, 30 or more goals since the 2005-2004 lockout, sorry. And uh, he did so in 68 games. Yep. Um, I guess I'll ask you, when is, if ever, the next time you think we're going to see a defenseman score 30 goals in a season? Wow. Like, do you think it can happen again? Oh, because yeah. Because he, he, that's how good he was, though. Like, he just knew how to get in on the rush and... Yeah, he was also and, playing with Alice Ovechkin. Like, true, I, I don't want to take anything away from no, him. No, no, no. Like, like, you're you're right. He was playing with Ovechkin at... Not to take anything away from Ovechkin either, but the height of Ovechkin's powers yeah. was right around then. 18 power play goals. Fucking so like if teams, Fedorov, I think, that year. Like, yeah. you know, they had a really good team. If, if teams were choosing to cover Ovechkin because Ovechkin was scoring 60 goals back then, well, just fucking pass to Mike Green. He's going to score on the power play, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I'm, I'm not, that's not to take anything away from him. Um, you're right. It was, you know, fantastic talent back there. I, I do think we're going to see more 30 goal defensemen. I think we're going to start seeing more 30 goal defensemen. Okay. Um, as time kind of moves along, like I think, I think Kel McCarr is a guy that has got it in him. Baby, uh, sign I, me up. I think Quinn Hughes is a lock for thirty goals. You think so? I right? think so. I, I I look at Quinn Hughes as more. Uh, this is not a knock on him either. Quinn Hughes kind of reminds me of Scott Niedermeyer. That's fair. Like he's just smooth skating. He really understands his positioning, but I don't see him as a guy that's really going to be like seventy plus points. Sure. You know what I mean? 20-plus goals. He's going to be like a 15-goal, 60-point guy, and just not not steady Eddie, but just like more or less control the play with puck possession rather than a guy who's going to be like a bang-bang offensive, that's, you know that's what I fair. mean, superstar. I, I, I hear your point. I, it's I hard to say. I agree with it to, to an extent. Sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, having said that, it's not like Mike Green scored 30 goals every year. Like, it happened once. Exactly. And then he, he didn't do anything close to that. Uh, 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 like, what's the next closest? 18? I can't find it here. Eight, 19 goals was his next closest. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, it's it's not to say that it's Quinn, something Quinn he Quinn Hughes, for time. me, has, like, the, the Ovechkin thing with where he's got Elias Pettersson in Vancouver. And I just, I could see sure. an, an avenue there. Fair that's enough. That's all. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I think we'll see, like I said, more of them as, as like... The game is only kind of opening up more and more as it seems like we're slowly starting to get back to a more offensive style of league. I mean, you hope because you hope. because now you got teams in the playoffs that shouldn't fucking be there that are bleeding the life out of games and and when, like the Islanders right now are are, you know, they're very happy just playing in the neutral zone. You know. So I I I wonder because it is a copycat league if we see things close down again now. Mm-hmm. But you're right. It at least before this return to play, seemed to be moving in the direction that was supporting these offensive teams anyway. That's fair. Yeah. Hard to say. Um, I mean, you, like, you, you, you see how the Leafs are constructed, and the Islanders have been in the second round of the playoffs a couple times now. You know what I mean? Like, that, that might be a reason why other teams just see, like, you know what? We're not that good. We don't have that much offensive talent. Let's just copy this team because it's not the Leafs aren't getting it done. And it's not to say that's the right way to go, but as of late that it seems to be the style that might actually win you around mm. you know mm-hmm. yeah no, you're right um okay I think that's it for the hockey talk really the, ho- the honky tonk the hockey the honky tonk that was the kids. that was the longest six days ever and uh, yeah no shit it's crazy that it's over I guess yeah. so. just wanted to to quickly touch on this because uh, we are a 
a couple guys, a couple of fun dudes that like uh, like our pop culture, and 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 we we talk about these things once in a while when they do happen and they make the news. Um, Chadwick Boseman passed away. Yeah, I guess so. uh, a couple yeah. days ago now, uh, at the age of forty three. Um, a guy that didn't really get an opportunity to have a big body of work, um, but everything that he a did. A bit of do, a late starter, in, yeah. in, in when he um, broke through. Bit of a you know, bit of a smaller catalog, but I, I think he he had a lot of home runs. You know, didn't play a lot of games, but he, he had the numbers. So um, sad to sad to hear about his passing. A, a shock to the to the uh, entertainment uh, world by all accounts. Uh, after battling uh, stage four colon cancer for over the last uh, four years or so, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, it was just, that was a sad moment. Um, you have a favorite Chadwick Boseman film? Is, is it just Black Panther like everybody else? No, it's it's the Five Bloods for me. But um, he's in it in a limited role, so I'm not going to sit here and really say that uh, it's a Chadwick Boseman movie. I just I really liked him in it, but. Um, I really liked Black Panther, and I thought he was perfectly cast in that role. Um, you know, we were we were having the discussion you and I yesterday about you know there was the discussion that um, they were in the process of um, planning a sequel, and it was kind of one of those things. It's like, well, say they do it as a sequel, and say that his character's still around. Um, who do they replace him with? And the only real guys that maybe I thought could do it are already in. Black Panther as a different in a different role like I don't really know who you would actually cast to replace him because he he did such a good job and was so um, he just captivated the screen every time he was on it he was great in that movie so yeah um, it's tough uh, well sorry not in that movie in that role because he's in several uh, movies under that role but um, yeah it's 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 a tough loss it's a guy that I I definitely was excited to see what more he could do mm-hmm. and um we're not going to get the opportunity to see that, and and, and it's it's sad. It, it's it's one of those things I didn't really have a personal connection to him, but the amount of outpouring online, I can see how how big of an impact he had on a lot of people, and um, it's it's a sad moment anytime you lose someone like that. You know, it, it's we talked about you know celebrities that we look up to uh, passing away in in on this podcast before and. Um, this this is one of the biggest names. It's it's a shock for sure. Yeah, and it's just crazy to think too because like five years ago, no one really knew who he was, and now he's one of the biggest names in in uh, that's just Hollywood. It, yeah. It's crazy. Like yeah. he just absolutely blew up, and every, and rightfully so. Every every role he seemed to have, it was an iconic for whatever reason. Either he was playing an iconic person, or he was taking on a fictional character that he just made into something that was so much bigger than than what it by all accounts, should have been, in a way, and it, it takes a special actor to, to take take on those types of situations and, and come through on the other side with flying colors, and mm-hmm. a guy with a lot of promise that uh, we're uh, sad to see. Go. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, we've got uh, an overrated, underrated favorite, least favorite to end off the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know what it is. You don't know what it is. No. I, I'm a little nervous for that, because I, I told you at the beginning that it was, it was going to be pretty pretty easy in my opinion, but I think there's a lot of options. So you know, it might be a lot of a, a bit of quick thinking on your feet here. Mm. Um, yesterday, or I should say the, the day before, I guess, because this is coming out tomorrow, which is today. I'm getting confused by the timeline now. Um, anyway, on you Sunday before you came here, 
No. On Sunday. No, today is Sunday. Holy fuck. On Saturday. Wow. Yeah. I uh, I, I was at a wedding. I, I spent uh, all afternoon at a wedding on Saturday. And I uh, had a blast. Uh, unfortunately, I had to go to work at the end of the night, which yeah. uh, was kind of a, a deflating moment. Not that I didn't enjoy the work. We, we had a good time, for sure. But I had a nice night, but I didn't come from a wedding. So. Yeah. Got me thinking. I sat at my house for fucking four hours before I went to work. So Nice. Got me thinking. Uh, I want to find out, get your opinion on the uh, overrated, underrated, favorite, least favorite wedding cliches. Oh, God. Yeah. Oh wow! Fuck! I gotta think about that one. I, I really should have. I really, sh- you really should have given me time. <laughs> I on undersold that one. it, didn't I? Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, I don't know what what would be your overrated. My overrated is the cutting of the cake. Hmm. I don't like. I. It's, why? Why? Why did they have to cut the cake? I, I just don't get it. I don't. I don't. Maybe I'm missing some sort of historical precedence that was set. Back in the day, when the when the farmer would sell his his daughter to the, uh, to the, the sheep, the farmer and the shepherd, and and together they had to bake a cake or something, and then the the bride and groom cut the cake together. I don't know if that was some sort of religious thing. Maybe Jesus had a cake. I, I don't really know, but I don't really get it. And it the, the it's kind of awkward. <laughs> hmm. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Um, overrated. I would maybe go the uh, the tossing of the bouquet. That's that's a good one. That's um, that's a good one. I mean, all right. I I should mention um, that the last wedding I went to, um, they they put the, the the wedding band on a on a um, on a football and threw the football instead of oh, okay okay yeah. And of course, who caught it? But uh, former guest of the podcast, Cody Fraser, and literally like ran, grabbed it and then proceeded to run around the hall. Like he was like Randy Moss had just like caught a asshole. fucking touchdown pass, <laughs> and his his now fiance Lindsay's just standing there, she's like shaking her head, like a fucking of course he would get it, and of course that's what he would do, kind of thing, right? Um, so that was funny, but I think the whole concept of it is just stupid. Well, you said fiance, so it obviously worked. Yeah, I guess. Well, that was gonna <laughs> fucking happen anyway. So yeah, yeah, yeah that's fair. Um, underrated, and I, I say this. Knowing that there, you know, there are weddings out there where this isn't an option, but the 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 best man speech gets so much hype. I gotta tell you, the maid of honors, it's usually better, if not like on par with with the best man speech. Everyone mm. talks about the best man. Oh, what's the best man gonna do? Is he gonna? How's he gonna roast his buddy? Maid of honors, uh, from what I've seen, they they got a good thing going. It depends who the best man or the maid of honor are. Sure, guess, it's, right? it's it's very up in the air for every wedding, I guess. But I think, uh, like again, the last wedding I was at, like neither of the best man nor the uh, maid of honor speeches were particularly um, funny. The 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 best man speech was kind of emotional, and then the maid of honor was the sister, and it was just you know, right? It was just pretty chill. Um, but you know, the the best man always gets like the. The hype in the movies, and you yeah. know what I mean? Like, it's it's so much more blown out over proportion compared to the Maid of Honor giving a speech. Hmm. So, yeah. Okay. I like to see more Maid of Honor-driven uh, storylines in, in our Hollywood flicks, perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. There's didn't, some funny ladies out there. Didn't see Bridesmaids, did you? Well, that's, that's <laughs> fair. I did see Bridesmaids. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that one. Wait, like... But, but do they actually... 
Do they actually show the wedding in that? I don't remember. You know what? Is, Honestly, I, I think she like shows up at the end, and the wedding is kind of like it's going on, but it's oh already, right, yeah, yeah. yeah. Happened. I couldn't remember if I was confusing that with "I love you, man," but I guess that also happens in that where you know, true, Sydney Fife shows up. Yeah, you know, yeah, Jason Siegel. Uh, underrated? Wow, I don't, I don't know. What do you like to do at a wedding or, or see at a wedding that maybe well, other people don't? You know, you know what, like. I would say underrated, and and for me, maybe it's just relative to myself because I'm not a not a religious man. Um, but the actual ceremony for me is is sometimes kind of hard to keep it together. I don't know why. Like if if I know the people, it's 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 quite a touching moment. And um, usually, when you think of a wedding, it's just like, oh yeah, I can't wait to have that free dinner. I mean, sure, that's like that's cool, but you also kind of pay for the dinner because you you do give them, you know cash or a gift or something yeah but um yeah i would say the actual ceremony the the church part is is underrated for me i hate the i hate i hate it right up until the actual exchanging of the vows and then it's like wow this is nice so i i i will agree with you in if if it's not in a church well it's better not in a church exactly but, exactly but again italian background so pretty sure. i think i don't know if i've been to a wedding that wasn't in a church oh wow Okay, I don't think so. Right. Well, uh, every cousin was getting married in a church, and then the only friend wedding I've been to was in a church. So oh, you should give it a go sometime. If people invite me to a wedding, I will you gladly. You get some lovely scenery in the background. Yeah, ladies, if you're looking for any uh, <laughs> dates, any dates, all of the women, all the single girls that listen to this podcast. <laughs> that's right. All right, my favorite um, kind of to go off of your pulling of the sentimental heartstrings. Uh, my favorite is the first dance. I think it's goddamn adorable. Yeah, that's I, I think it's, it's fucking... We're going to put 200 fucking people in a room together. We're going to hire a guy to play music all night. Oh, but hang on. For like five minutes, we're just going to be by ourselves and dance, and you guys will have to watch us, and it's going to be kind of awkward. But I, I think it's adorable. That's fair. Yeah. It might be mine as well. Um, hmm. I mean, my favorite part's the dinner. <laughs> but uh well, it depends who's catering. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, yeah. Actually, you know what? That might be my favorite as well. The the first dance is nice. Um, I always like to see what song they've chosen to, which is nice. Which so. which Brian Adams song? You mean? Yeah. <laughs> Everything I do, I do for you. I'm trying to think what the last wedding I went. What they what they did for a first? I don't think I knew the song. Like it was something I'd never heard. Oh before, yeah, but okay, that's yeah. always fun too. Whatever it's 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 not my first dance. Different strokes for different folks, am I that's, right? That's right. Yeah, I do. I do like the idea though that we just call it first dance, and it just implies that these two have never danced in their lives. That's what a wedding is is <laughs> is the final moment where well, you've where you've danced finally. Well, you see, brutes. This this is one where I do know the historical precedence on it. And you mm. go back and and back when people got married, when the farmer would sell his daughter to the sheep herder. Uh, they, they didn't even wow. meet each other until the wedding. So, you know, that typically was the first dance back in the day. It was the first time they've even, even seen each other, even met. Hi, my name's John, and I'll be your dance partner this evening. And by the way, we're getting married. So, yeah. Uh, my least favorite is uh, the uh, glass clinking or insert weird thing that they make the guests do at the wedding to make the bride and groom kiss. I think it's kind of weird. It's It's... It's awkward. Everyone knows what's happening. Uh, 
the bride and groom are trying to have dinner. They haven't eaten at all this goddamn day. They've been up since 7 in the morning getting ready for this stupid thing. And they get to their first meal of the day at 6 o'clock at night. And everyone's stopping them from eating by clinking their glasses to make them kiss all night long. It's even worse if you have, like, some sort of weird ritual where, like, oh, you got to go up there and tell a funny story about the... Br-. And then you get, like, the stupid 8-year-old kid that just thinks it's hilarious and goes up there and tells some sort of, like, fart joke about the bride. And she doesn't want that on her wedding day. And so, I don't know. That, that, let them eat. Stop the... Don't make these people kiss in front of you for your pleasure and amusement. Okay. It's, it's creepy. Um, I haven't been to a wedding where I was, like, particularly close with the bride and groom, to be quite honest with you. So... Um, my least favorite uh, is the moment when you get into the hall and you find out what table you're at and you sit down at the table and have to make small talk with everyone at the table because you're not that close with them because that's what happens to me every time. <laughs> now, I, I, it is a funny story. The last wedding I went to was a friend that I went to high school with. Um, the table of, there were like ten, like nine, or, I think nine of our friends got invited, but Cody's now fiance was in the wedding party so she was up at the front so she wasn't at their table and then one of my friends uh brought his girlfriend who then got my spot at the table and i had to sit with another group of guys who don't get me wrong out of anyone from our friend group that had to be at that other table i knew them the best but it was like i was sitting there and literally just like the one guy looks up at me and he's like i'm not i'm not gonna lie to you man it seems kind of like you don't belong at this table (laughs) Thanks, Mike. Wow. Um, Way to feel welcome, man. No, I, like, yeah. that that instance was funny, but I have sat, like, I've had family weddings where it's just like I sit down at the table and it's like, cool, this is great that my whole family's here. How come I only know, like, four of the, four of the ten people at our table? And then it's like, oh, so, looks like you've grown up quite a bit, right? And it's like, yeah, that's how time works. I'm 13 now and I was one the last time you saw me. Mm. So, um, I don't like that. I, um... I'll agree. Like that, that's always an awkward one. I had a wedding a couple of years ago where um, I took my girlfriend with me, and we went. And it wasn't like it wasn't my family, but it was like my 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 dad's wife. It was that side of the family, so like I know these people, but I'm not related to them. And mm-hmm. so I, I, I end up at this table with the family, extended family of the groom, yeah, who's from Finland. Great. So these people don't even speak English, and you're sitting there like. Yeah, the, I got the fish. <laughs> you know, the it's good. Do you guys have fish and you guys yeah, have yeah. pickerel in Helsinki? <laughs> you ever been to Airedale? <laughs> pickerel or walleye maybe from where you are. Yeah. So, yeah, I, that's definitely it. when it when it when it goes bad sitting at a, a table that you don't know anyone else that that could it's just like it's this, awkward it's like yeah. I, I don't want to go to a wedding and make small talk like what are you doing now like what what do you do for a career how was how's school going it's like like i had to take a day off to fucking come to this wedding and i want to enjoy myself shut the fuck up can't we all just drink together oh my god like i guess what i would say like just to sum it all up my least favorite part of of the wedding is the moment you sit down in the hall and then everything happens until everything that happens until I'm I'm drinking and dancing. <laughs> Those okay. two and a half hours are just I have no use for them. Fair enough. Yeah, it's not your wedding. Why would you? No. Okay. Some of the speeches are good. That's about it. Okay. It's the dreadful. Maid, the maid of honor speech, dreadful. especially dreadful. Forward to that. 
Okay, that's the Lace of Hockey podcast for so, this uh, this episode. A little shorter, but like we said, we got another one uh, coming at the end of the week. Yeah. So uh, it's going to be a bang bang sort of play, a little tic tac toe, if you will. Bang bang. We'll go to the net, and grab a rebound, we'll that's right. Dirty goal action. Yeah, that's right. You want bread? Go to the bakery. Um, I am James Cole. Still at the end of the podcast, as I was at the beginning of the podcast, and I have right. nothing that I can contribute to uh, furthering my uh, own self interest. So I will end my portion okay. there. I write for the North Side. I don't have anything new to write about. I was going to write about the Casperi Kapanen trade, but I, I, uh, I don't have much to say. It's okay. Good trade. I, you know, I guess I'll miss him. Cheeks clapping. Yeah. Off. To the I, I, like I guess we could we could have mentioned too the the exit interview that uh, Paige seemed to have on Twitter that night and was just kind of losing her shit engaging with Toronto fans, but. Everyone was getting all mad at Paige, and it's just like, I don't know, She's she wasn't a hockey fan until she started dating Cass Berry. She probably doesn't know how fucking insane Toronto fans are. Poor she, Paige. She just doesn't know to not engage with them. That's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. She's a fucking Instagram model. Yeah. Who's like 21 or something. Like, it's fine. Yeah, she'll be fine. Yeah, she's looking, she's looking good, so. Okay. Alright. Bye-bye. See you later. You can fuck off and all! <laughs>